0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast, episode 18. That's right. As always, I'm your host, Jared, and that is Jake. Kemba Walker now has more playoff wins this season than he had previously
1: in his entire career with Charlotte.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I mean, not surprising. They didn't make it very far (laughs) in Charlotte. I think they first round exits every single time, right?
1: Yeah. Well, hey, another fun fact for you. DeMarcus Cousins had more playoff wins last year than his entire career with Sacramento. Who would have (laughs) thought?
0: <laughs> As a bench warmer, uh, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, so we're coming to you on a Sunday morning. Um, basketball is back. Uh, they came to an agreement, the players and the NBA leadership, I guess, uh, owners and front office and all that stuff. Um, and they came to, I guess, the most important part. A plan of action.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: why the players feel comfortable coming back and, and playing again because they exactly. feel like there's an actual plan of action. The owners are going to try and be a little more involved now. They're going to try and actually, you know, push for some real change, do things that they can actually control and, and, and are visible. Um, yeah. For example, uh, I think Staples Center is now turned into a voting location.
1: Yeah, uh, I think they're going to try and turn in all the arenas that they can into voting locations.
0: Yes, exactly. So I think that's that's one step. It's good. Uh, hopefully they keep going and, and do more. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad the players push for this. I think this is a, an example of exactly how players should use their power and their voice and their, their image in the public eye. They should use it to affect change. Um, and it's, I guess I got to say, I'm just so proud to be part of the NBA family. I know we're not really in the NBA family. You know, nobody acknowledges us from that side, but I feel like we are because, you know, we've been part of the NBA. We've grown up watching it. We, we've grown up playing basketball our whole lives. We love the NBA. We do this stupid little podcast about it now. And I, I'm very proud to be associated with, with that association. Um, given, you know, this reaction and how, I don't know, just how much solidarity and strength of character it takes for these players to do this. So, um, sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. I just, I thought it was really cool. Um, I agree. What was done the last couple of days by the NBA, I think. It's important in these hard times for us to have leaders, visible leaders, um, because we don't always get them in ways you would think. So moving on, uh, let's hit the podcast. we got a lot of actual basketball to talk about. Uh, Anything else? Uh, Oh, housekeeping. My bad. That didn't sound. I'm going to try that again.
1: Housekeeping. There you go. go.
0: (laughs) Uh, Housekeeping. So if you want to reach out to us, you always can at uh, our email throwing up bricks jj at gmail.com again that's throwing up bricks JJ at gmail.com pod name followed by a jj yep
1: you know the drill we're on Podbean, google podcast apple podcast spotify all that good stuff
0: tune in amazon alexa amazon music that's cool uh any all that stuff no-, no not you alexa no no shut up okay she's gosh, she's so sassy lately
1: yeah she gets upset Anyways. when you
0: talk to siri yeah, I know. Super jelly. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get to basketball. Housekeeping out of the way. Let's hit it. All right. A lot of basketball to talk about. Uh, since we didn't talk about basketball last podcast, we've basically not talked about basketball for almost a week now. Um, in the meantime, a few series have ended uh, uh, and a few series are winding down i guess you would classify it um the series that have ended so far were the lakers blazers most recently on um, the lakers closed out the blazers with that final game and did the d-bag sweep lost the first game won the next four so um and the same thing happened uh, in the uh bucks series the bucks closed out the magic um same thing, lost the first game, won the next 4 uh, These two top teams seem to be uh, playing a little bit with their food. <laughs> um, and then after that, eh, we had obviously the the sweeps that we talked about in a previous pod. Um, but we do still have series going, and that's what we want to start the, the podcast today with. We want to talk about those series that are still going on. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, And let's start with the Jazz versus the Nuggets, which is really turning and turned into a series, right? We thought the Jazz might run away with it after they turned it around so quickly on the Nugs. But the Nugs fought back in this last one. And, uh, you know, back against the wall, they fought and Jamal Murray put on a show. Well, (laughs) this is an insane game. Do you have anything to say about that?
1: Um, It's been like this the whole series. Either him or Donovan Mitchell have just exploded each and every game. This, this series has been the most fun to watch from a highlight perspective. If you just watch a oh, string yeah. of highlights and every bucket in the game, uh, just how how fine-tuned these guys' games are, even at their young age, how, how they're able to get from the mid-range to the three-point to the bucket. They're, they're able to score in all three levels. Uh, it's something you don't
0: really see from young guys, especially in the playoffs. You really don't. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome to watch uh, just this back-and-forth battle between those two guys. Um, and Jokic has been no slouch either you know he's been showing up every game too oh yeah um, I think the interesting subplot is the Michael Porter Jr. stuff because he gives you so much offense if you're the Nuggets right but he looks lost on defense a lot of the time you know he, he tries to give effort but it's just he just doesn't understand the defensive rotations and assignments and stuff at an NBA level yet
1: yeah um, which, yeah a I mean hey you know? that's the dude got thrown into a situation, an unprecedented situation for NBA basketball with no fans hadn't played all year. And then he's thrown into this, this established team essentially to find his way on the defensive end. I think he'll get there. Um, and he definitely brings more positives than negative at this point, even with that bad rotations.
0: He definitely does. They need the scoring. Um, yeah, there's no game, uh, for that series schedule today, if I'm correct. Right. Um, Oh, no. That is the game. The That's the final. That's the nightcap for today. Okay, so that'll be interesting. I don't know if Gary Harris is going to play. I don't know if he's coming back for that one uh, because that would be huge for them. We know Will Barton left the bubble to get uh, further consultation. But they kind of need Harris's defense, you know? I mean, he's been kind of bad this year offensively, um, even last year too, but but his defense has stayed sort of consistent and they need a guy, just a body to throw at Donovan Mitchell to slow this man down because he has just been lighting it up.
1: Yeah, um, it really highlights how much they're missing Will Barton uh, and Gary yeah. Harris. Yeah, like you said, they're, they're just two guys that are good, solid perimeter defenders. And I don't know, The series has been... Kind of highlights two things Is the NBA in general uh, That's a game of runs and a series of runs It felt like coming in the Nuggets were the The obvious Favorite and then game by game it seemed to flip Flop back and forth between all oh, this This team's gonna blow them out next time blah 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 And then on the other side the media side Even us as, as podcasters We <laughs> we got caught up in all that Saying oh yeah. now it's <laughs> over the Jazz Are gonna run away with it then the Nuggets make it a six Game series and all this stuff so It's kind of been a real uh petri dish of 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 experiment and showing what the nba can be like on a, on a nightly basis
0: yep to quote j.e skeets basketball and indian food they're both a game of runs and uh <laughs> we see it every time huh? <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> and that's happening like you said you know not only in within the games but as a as a microcosm but also macro scale the series at large is feeling yep. like a game of runs so it's super fun to watch and I'm glad we're getting this many good first round series. Cause that's not actually usual, right. You know, in the scheme of the NBA um, generally you have maybe two or three good series, but it feels like we've had like five or six good series this year. Yeah. And the only ones that, that weren't good were the, you know, the sweeps and, and even the sweeps to some extent, you know, the heat and the Pacers series, even though that was a sweep, that was very close down to the yeah. wire. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So game six tonight, Denver Utah you got a prediction there you thinking you thinking Denver evens the series you think the Jazz close it out
1: I think the Jazz will close it out I'd like Denver to push it to a game seven but the way that Mike Conley's playing he's playing like this third star that they brought him in to be he really Um, is I haven't seen him play like this since he was in Memphis so if he can continue that after this hiatus here and and those three guys that three-headed monster can, can, can push them past um I think Denver's or jazz are going to close it out.
0: I'm with you. I think that's the key. I think, I think we can rely on Dono at this point to, to keep putting up what he's doing. Although an off night wouldn't be, you know, unprecedented. The dude's just been on fire forever. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the key is Conley because I think he, like you said, he's looked rejuvenated. He's looked back to old, almost grizz, almost peak grizzly day, Mike Conley at times. Um, which is exactly what they signed him for or, you know, what they brought him over for. Sorry. Um, so yeah, if, if he can keep it up, um, especially given that Joe Ingles is, is, I don't know, there's something wrong with that man whenever Conley's on the floor. So if, if Conley's going to give you the right play though, that doesn't matter. So I think Conley's the key uh, for the jazz. And, and I, I actually think, like I mentioned earlier, I think Michael Porter Jr is the key for the nuggets. Cause if he can survive defensively, he does give them such a nice option on offense that you know, Murray and Yokish don't have to carry every single possession. Um, so I think that's the X factor for them. So we'll see. I I'm excited. I do think the Nuggets tie it up. I think they, you know, they're a fiery bunch. I think the Jazz are bound to have a letdown game at some point, right? I mean, they've been on fire the last four. So we'll see though. We'll see. I could see the Jazz closing it out. So uh the next series that's still ongoing, uh, if we're gonna move on here, is the Thunder and the Rockets. Um So most recently, Russell Westbrook came back. That was great news for the Rockets. Um, He didn't play particularly well. A lot of rust. I mean, remember, he only played one game in the bubble before Mm -hmm. going down. So he is super rusty um, to be expected. So uh, that was no surprise. But I think just emotionally, it's good to have him back in that locker room and good to have him back on that floor. Because you were saying this before the pod, Jake. He gives them another dimension. He gives them a different sort of style of play, not just classic Rockets ball. We're going to shoot and. You know, were live by the three, die by the three. We're going to shoot a bunch of them, and if we make them, we win. If we don't, you win. Um, yeah, so.
1: he, he was definitely the logical next step for this experiment that is the Houston Rockets for, like I was saying, they live and die by the three. They 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 essentially decide who wins or loses every game they play. If they are on fire and they're hitting all their threes, they're going to win, and if they fail to do that, as we've seen time and time again in the playoffs, they're going to lose. But Russ brings that different flavor to it where he can kind of equalize it either for better or for worse. He has another variable where he can play differently. He can get to the basket free throw line, create open looks uh, rather than uh, contested stand and shoot shots that, that Harden can create with a double team. Um, So that's their last to Jeffrey here to save this type of this prototype of a team. So we'll see.
0: We will see. Um, I was going to mention, Oh, Gallinari. I didn't realize how much of a, I don't know, ghost he's been in this series. He hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. I, have you realized that? Like the dude just has not shown up. Um, and he was one of the keys that we talked about going into this series. He was going to have to play big. Um, and they were going to have to maybe even try some of the, some of the gallow at five small ball sort of style to match up with the rockets here. Um, but he's been garbage. He, you know, he hasn't shown up. Um, and that's been a, a big drain because then you have to play Adams. Uh, and he's he's good, but he's not a bucket getter. So if you're relying on him to go and get some buckets, it's just not going to work. I mean, here's Gallo's totals from so far the five games. So game one, he, he poured in 29 points. Um, and he, he played pretty well. You know, He shot well from the field. He shot well from three. Um, so he played well that game. Then he had 17 points on not so great shooting in game two. He had 20 points in game three on a horrible shooting, 33% from the field. Um, then he had nine points and then he had one point last game. So the last three games, he's been a net huge negative. Um, however, they go to the him at five small ball lineup. And overall that lineup does well because you no longer have Adams out there, you know, stomping around and getting burned left and right on switches by James Harden. Um, and so you, while you lose rebounding, and you may lose the rebounding battle, you now match up a lot better, and you don't give up as much easy points. And then on the other end, you actually have five scorers out there. So, well, I guess and Lou Dort, so four scorers, <laughs> poor Lou Dort. But he's done a great job in Harden defensively. But yeah, I just don't see how OKC pulls it off now. I'm I'm a little bummed. I did pick them going into the series, but I just don't know if they have the firepower because, like you said, the Rockets control it. They dictate what happens in the game, and I think even if their approach may be flawed against another team, I think the team that can do that against a team like the Thunder is going to win more times than not. So, yeah, and
1: that's you know Gallinari struggles are a byproduct of what they bring as a team. This small ball is so weird; it's so unlike anything since the Golden State Warriors that teams are forced to adjust and players have to take on roles that they've never done before. And in yeah. a playoff series, fi- having to take a new role is extremely difficult. So they do create that 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 new edge, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So we'll see. I li- I like the matchup against the Lakers. I think the Lakers being a very traditionally positioned team, essentially, um, it's really going to throw a wrench in, it's in our a rotation. and
0: styles for uh-huh. sure. Exactly. Yeah, we'll see. We see how that goes because the Rockets do like to slow it up in the non-Westbrook driven minutes, right? Mm-hmm. They. That's hard and spread and butter. He slows it up. Get into the half court. Go to his one on one stuff. Mm-hmm. However, the Lakers also play a very slow, you know, methodical half court set, LeBron driving the offense kind of style, A D in the post. It's a different style. It's not hard and isolating and going for either a three or a layup. It's it's way different. LeBron and A D in the pick and roll or A D down in the post or whatever. But they both like to slow it down. So from that perspective, it's not gonna be a contrast in styles. Yeah. But the contrast in shot selection is going to be staggering because the Lakers are one of the worst shooting three-point teams. However, they're one of the best teams at getting inside, going to the free throw line, getting buckets down low and getting offensive rebounds and second possessions. And the Rockets are the exact opposite. They don't get any second possessions because they're tiny, but they will shoot you and themselves in or out of a game. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Just the contrast in styles itself. So let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the Mavs versus Clips. I don't have much to say about this. Uh this the win out got taken out of my sales in this series when the rest decided to take over and make it all about them. So I don't really have much to say about this. What do you have to say? Um, I mean stuff we've already said before.
1: It's a huge series for the Mavericks as a team to get this experience even without Porzingis. Highlights Porzingis' unreliability as a as a star because he's not available
0: most of his career.
1: Mm-hmm. Um the injuries are
0: really racking up for him. That yeah. that laundry list of injuries is getting longer and longer and longer. And with each passing injury, we're getting more and more evidence that he just can't stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, what do you do if you're the Mavs? You've hitched your wagon to him already. You've given him a big contract. And he's shown when he's healthy that he's a great complement to Luca. But there's this. You know, he has trouble staying on the court. So I don't know. They're in a kind of tough position. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know either, so we'll see. I'm sure the Clips will close it out, but as we speak right now, the game is going on, Maz versus Clips, so we'll see if Luga has some magic left in the tank. Um, all right, well, we went through all those series. Do you want to move on to the the previews, basically? you want to preview the Bucks and the Heat? Series which we know is set in stone, and the Boston Toronto series which is set in stone. And we actually watched the first game of earlier early yep. this morning. Let's,
1: Let's do that. Let's take care of the Celtics Raptors first, uh, since we have a, a, a game to taste and see what it looked like. Um, I thought this was one of the most intriguing matchups in the playoffs, just two extremely defensive heavy teams, um, and two experienced teams. I mean, you don't think of the Celtics as experienced, but remember that that whole battle with lebron that seven game series with lebron and and uh last year's playoff run that they've 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 gotten the experience under their belt especially for how young they are and then obviously the raptors coming off a championship run
0: they really have and toronto and boston i heard on some other podcasts that uh over the last six years i think or five years um they have the most uh they're tied for first and or they're not tied so they are first and second i think in playoff appearances and, mm-hmm. in series those two franchises however neither of them has faced each other yep. in all those times this so, is their first time this is their first time so that's pretty crazy um this is going to be a, a great matchup here and we saw it in game one you know the, the the guard play matchup the wing depth matchup that was all on display um and before the series started i'll be honest my pick would have been Toronto but it probably would have been in seven. It would have been Toronto in seven because I do believe that Toronto has the championship pedigree. And I think that matters. However, Boston took game one pretty convincingly. Um, You know, it wasn't really a contest. They jumped on them from the get go. Um, I thought at the beginning of the game in game one here, the, the Celtics came out firing and they came out hot and on fire and Toronto came out the opposite. They came out cold, missing everything. And so even though they were playing great defense and they were, they're focusing in on the the players for the Celtics and Jason Tatum didn't, he only had two points in the first quarter and he missed a bunch and was getting harassed by Lowry every single play. Um, eventually, you know, the misses and the misses and the misses just piled up for Toronto and they got frustrated. And then that turned into forcing plays. It turned into turnovers. It turned into lots of fouls. Yakim had three fouls in the first quarter. So I think, I think Toronto just missing everything they chucked up there got to them a little bit in that first quarter, and then that set the tone for the entire game.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great point. It just they came out hot and and Toronto looked rusty and couldn't hit a shot to save their life. And that's you can't be at a team as solid as the Celtics without hitting threes. Um, it was interesting to see two teams with that defensive pedigree and one, excel on the offensive end and kind of expose them with all the threes the Celtics hit, especially from guys like Marcus Smart. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Marcus
0: Smart was unconscious.
1: I'm with you. I still think the Raptors are going to win this in seven. I trust their championship pedigree, but the Celtics are a legit contender in my eyes. Um, There's not a team that I don't think they match up well with, especially with the modern lineup of a savvy scoring point guard and two elite wings. Um,
0: They absolutely do yeah
1: yeah but I, this is going to be a fun series regardless of how it turns out
0: it is yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if the celtics take this series at all that's not why i'm picking toronto because i would be surprised the celtics won i'm just picking toronto because i think over the last few years the experience they've gained as this group you know the continuity and the championship pedigree is going to add up to getting it done in the clutch when it matters you know deep late in the series going to game sevens that sort of thing so i think I think that's going to be the X factor overall. Um, and I actually, you know, I can't prove this, but I think I probably would have predicted the Raptors to lose game one because that's what they do. That's what the Raptors do. They lose game once. I mean, we, we talked about it before in the podcast. It's just like this weird phenomenon that happens to Toronto where they lose game ones a lot in series that they end up winning. It's weird. Yeah. Um, ever since the, you know, the 2013 14 season, when this, this team with the core of, obviously Lowry, but also back then DeRozan uh, came to prominence and started, you know, really competing in the East. Um, So along that line, I have a little little trivia for you if you want to play. Okay. Yeah? All right. It's a little Raptors-based trivia. You'll probably get it. You'll probably get a decent amount, but in light of them losing so many game ones throughout history, I'm curious if you can name me the last five teams over this run. It's actually all five teams. Um, that the Raptors have ended up beating in the series, but lost game one, two. So since the 2013, 2014 season, they have lost to, or sorry, they beat five teams that they lost game one, two. So can you name me those five teams? And for bonus <sighs> points, you can name the year or the series or whatever, but wow. Um, <laughs> um,
1: I think they beat the wizards. Uh, i want to say 2018 in the first round uh were they, they down in that one
0: they did beat the wizards but they did not lose game one in that series wow. they, well,
1: okay oh for one yeah
0: that was, that was one of the one they didn't well I'll give you a it, last year yeah last
1: year to- they were down o2 to the to the sixers
0: nope other team the bucks
1: oh the bucks oh, okay they
0: went down o2 to the bucks in the conference finals okay um, and then they ended up pulling it out uh there was one other team though that they lost game one to and they beat that but- that year? Mm-hmm. Think early. The Magic? Mm-hmm. They lost game one to the Magic, and then wow. they pulled the, the D-bag sweep on them. They lost okay. game one, and then won the next four. Okay. One. Interesting. All right, so that's that's two of them. You got that, two left here. See there's you can three get more. Them. Oh, my goodness. So what's the, what's the first year, 2013? The first year is 2013-14. I'll give you this one. Nothing happened that year. It didn't happen that 13,
1: 14. year. 13-14. Okay, so let's think 15. I don't know about that. I thought they were still bad then. I remember.
0: Just think of East teams. I remember teams.
1: them playing the Pacers in the first round. I think they won. That must have been 17. They, but they were down in that one, right?
0: It was a good pull in the wrong year, 2016. Okay, um, I'll take but it. Yes, I'll take in the first round, they lost to the Pacers game one, and then they ended up pulling it out in seven. Yep. Um. And hint, hint, that year, they also pulled it off again, the very next round.
1: They lost. They beat. They lost to the Cavs in the semifinals that year. Um, who else was that? The Bucks that
0: year. Nope. I know they beat the Bucs in the first round one year. Were they down? They did. Are you? Is that? You're right. That that's one of them. That's 2017. I, they beat the 17. Bucks in the first round. They lost Game One. I remember that was 16. Giannis's first big year. Yeah. So that's four of them. You got one left, and I'll tell you the year. 2016. The second round, they lost. The first game to this team, but they pulled it out in seven. <laughs> Let's say the...
1: So they lost to the Cavs. So it's not the Cavs. Who else was good that year? The Knicks weren't in it.
0: The Celtics, maybe? Nope, not the Celtics. This was surprising to me. I kind of forgot that they were still relevant. Atlanta? Uh, nope. The Heat? Yep, the Heat. There
1: you go. Okay. got it. All right. Well, They're wait, still relevant. 16. They made it to the second round
0: they made it to the, the Oh, the was that, was that Jimmy?
1: Was that the Rondo still. year
0: for the heat? No, 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 not for the heat. Uh What am I thinking? I'm I think it's Chicago. You're, you're thinking no, for Chicago. Yeah. yeah no, the totally heat, crazy. that was the, that was the post LeBron years oh, Okay. Um, when, yeah, they still had Wade and Bosch and all that. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So that's all of them. You know, last year they, uh, it didn't, um, in the first round, they lost to the Magic game one, but they ended up beating them. And then the conference finals, they lost to the Bucks game one and two, but ended up beating them in six. And then you called, so you called the Magic. Um, yep. You also called the Pacers from 2016. That was a nice poll. They lost to them. Uh, that same year that we talked about the Heat, and then in 2017, the Bucks. So. Wow. So this yep. is this is their mo is to lose this is their game one. This is five series over the last uh, eight years here that they've done this. So <laughs> this is their MO. So I'm not surprised. Moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what is your, your pick is also Raptors in seven, though? for this Yeah, series. You,
1: I'm, despite- I'm a little skeptical. I think the Celtics look extremely good. And I think playing the Nets in the first round wasn't ideal for the Raptors.
0: Um, yeah, they really bumped on them there. Yeah. And then they, I don't think they're prepared for a team of a better caliber, but I'm with you. I think there's something to be said for a team running into a challenge in round one and it warms them up.
1: But yeah, but we've seen this all serial playoffs this year is that a team gets punched in the mouth and then
0: they get their stuff together That's and true. respond for sure. For sure. All right, let's move on to the bucks heat series. Um, and I have one question for this. What is your X factor for each team in this series? If it be it a player, a scheme, anything.
1: For the Heat, I think it's going to be Jimmy. I think Jimmy. he needs to be more efficient. He's been been—he's sol- been obviously a solid plus during the Pacer series, but his scoring has been a little iffy, his efficiency. Um, I think most of the efficient scoring came from Drajic and Duncan Robinson in that series. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be Jimmy and Kendrick Nunn, I think, Jimmy needs to be a a star player in the true sense of the word, where he needs to lead the team in scoring. He needs to be a threat and he needs to be efficient. Obviously he's going to have his handful on the defensive end, no matter who he guards. Uh, And then for none to come in with no hasn't played since March. Right. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be used, how much he'll be used, when he'll be used, but when he is put in the game, he needs to be that aggressive player. He was all year, which is hard for a rookie in a playoffs in his first playoffs uh, but he needs to penetrate and get into the paint. That's going to be his job because when you collapse this Milwaukee defense, it gets you chances at open shots, which don't come easy against a defensive team like this. And then on the other end for the Bucks, it's just Giannis. He is, he's played at such a superhero level um, this entire playoff so far that I don't see who besides Bam maybe or Jimmy can even slow him down a little bit. And then him on the defensive end, I think if they put him on Bam – He'll be able to neutralize uh, the playmaking and rebounding and scoring the Bam provides, and kind of throw a wrench in this Miami offense.
0: I think that's a great point. That was my X factor for the Bucks is the mm-hmm. the matchup there with Giannis on Bam because I do think that's probably who he ends up taking because um, that'd be the most impactful. Granted, it depends on who's on the floor. You know, if the Heat start Myers Leonard, then yeah. maybe Lopez can start on him. But if they don't, then he'll probably have to start on Bam just for size reasons. Alone, but I do think Giannis will spend the majority of the time with that assignment. And I, I'm I'm with you. I think if he can disrupt that high post passing, that that hub of their offense, that'll do wonders for the Bucks. For the Heat, uh, I would also want to mention Dragic, because I think if he plays like he played last series, if he is spectacular like he was in that series, he kind of negates uh any of the effects that a bad Kendrick Nunn showing would have, right? You know, if, if he's balling out, you don't really need Kendrick Dunn that much. It's if he's not doing what he did last series, then you do need Dunn to to get back to his uh, level that he's been playing at for most of the year.
1: Yep. Um,
0: and then I, I kind of tangentially mentioned it, but the Bam versus Myers Leonard playing time and do they play them together? Do they play them, you know, staggered? What do they do there? Because Myers Leonard is back and he was their starting center for most of the year. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what Spolstra does with that lineup. And then, um, yeah, and then I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, because these are guys that have question marks going into these playoffs. They, you know, built up over the last few years of maybe showing up, maybe not showing up, especially Bledsoe, who was basically a ghost in the playoffs. Yeah. So if those two guys finally show up, finally, then maybe, you know, maybe maybe they pull it off somehow. Um, yeah, so I liked your analysis. Uh, what's your pick for this series?
1: I've got Bucks and six. I think the Heat will pull off a couple excellent games, but I also expect at least one or two blowouts uh, in favor of the Bucks. Uh, but I don't think there's any chance that Miami has of actually winning a seven game series against a team at this caliber.
0: That's, that's interesting. Uh, I just don't know how they stop Giannis, honestly. Yeah. They don't have, I mean, Bam. You can throw on him nominally, but Bam's just not big enough. I mean, Bam's given up like three inches to Giannis, so I, I don't know, man. Giannis is a, is a matchup nightmare, and I don't think the Heat's stars shoot the three well enough to make the Bucks pay. They're gonna have to like the Robinsons and the heroes of the world and you know, the, the nuns, these guys are going to have to hit a ton of corner threes to make the bucks pay for their scheme where they, they leave those bit players open and they focus in on your stars and don't let them get to their spots. So we'll see, you know, the balance may shift based on whose role players show up more. Uh So I think I'm going to go bucks in seven. I think this is going the distance. I think the heat are going to put up a real fight here, but I, I do think Giannis ends up being too much. I think his ascension is nigh. So all right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think we talked about pretty much everything. If you know, if you wanted to, we could we could talk about the lake show. I do um, want to talk about the lake show.
1: Um, the only I don't have too much to say. I just have one important thing and is that okay. I think every member of the mainstream sports media needs to apologize to the Los Angeles Lakers because I've seen clip <laughs> after clip after clip from Charles Barkley to Stephen A. Smith to Nick Wright, all these people predicting that the Blazers are going to upset the Lakers, and the Lakers had struggled one game, and they'd absolutely beat down the Blazers in all four of the rest of the games. Stop, Stop voting against LeBron in a first-round series. The dude has never lost one. He will never lose one in his entire career. It's ridiculous that people in his 17th year still do the same thing, the definition of insanity, do the same thing over and over, complain about their his team's play at the end of the regular season, complain about how they start off the playoffs. It doesn't matter. LeBron takes his time, and he adjusts to a series, and then he absolutely dominates. That's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, you're right. And as one of those people that doubted him, one of those Lakers fans that was freaking out a little bit, um, I'll apologize to LeBron. Me as well. I did. I did worry. Um, He does, man. He just delivers. That's all he does. Time after time after time. And, and I was a little worried and I think it's just because it's our first experience with LeBron as our leader in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. This is new for us, but Cleveland fans would probably be like, Ah, don't worry. He'll put it together. (laughs) He fans would be like, yeah, don't worry. He got this. He's just feeling it out. Um, yeah, he, he looked pretty good in this last game, although I am a little embarrassed that basically came down to the wire against the team that didn't even have Damian Lillard um, in that last game. So that's a little embarrassing, but whatever. We, we, finished, we finished it out. and closed it out. It's good that it didn't go one more game. So get a little bit of rest here before either the Rockets or maybe the Thunder, if they manage to pull off with the upset, uh, come down the pipe here. So I agree. Yeah, we'll talk about them and, and all the other matchups that get set in stone once they are set in stone. You know, once once the games play out, the rest of the first round games, and we actually have our matchups. So we'll probably do that next pod, I assume. Um, yeah, on Tuesday night. So that's all I had to say. Um, at the end, I do want to mention something not quite uh, well, some you know tangentially basketball related. Um. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman and Cliff Robinson. Rest in power. Uh, Those two guys passed away uh, over the last three days. Um, And it was a a blow to the nation, I think. Um, Cliff Robinson was a a great NBA ambassador, man. I mean, dude played 20 seasons. Um, Wait, was it 20 season or was it 17? I can always mix those two up. Um, But, you know, majority of his career with the Blazers, uh, he was a, he was before his time. He was a man before his time. He was a stretch big. He was a great shooter as a big man. Um, you know, had he been born 10, 15 years later, the dude would have dominated in the modern NBA. So he was a great man. He, <laughs> I am a little bit of a survivor buff. Uh, I watch a lot of survivor seasons and Cliff Robinson made an appearance on one of the first survivor seasons I ever watched, um, Kagayan. So I'm, I'm, I have a personal affinity for Cliff Robinson and I'm going to miss him. Uncle Cliffy, um, Chadwick Boseman, you know, Black Panther man was an inspiration. Nobody knew this man had, had cancer. I mean, I don't know how he hid it from the public eye and was able to go out and be a superhero because I don't think he just played a superhero. I think he was a superhero in real life for a lot of people. Um, and going through that and being able to perform and show up and portray that sort of strength, that's amazing to me. So rest in power, my man. Rest in power, both you guys. Well put. Um, okay. So that's uh, all we had for today's podcast. Uh, I know we went a tad long. No, actually, we're all right. We're all right. 35 minutes, not too bad, not too shabby. So we'll see you on Tuesday for more basketball. Um, remember to go out and vote on November 3rd. Remember to do what you can. And educate yourselves, um, and stay safe out there. Coronavirus is still going on. We need to do our part. So,
1: and in the future, as we reintegrate in society, please remember to put on deodorant, folks.
0: Yep. No one needs to smell your pits. Get a boo. All right, get a boo from Jake, and peace from me. We'll see you in the next one.